If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. And you're listening to Podcast Unlocked, the world's number one Xbox podcast. Now, finish this fight. Master Chief, out. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked. It is IGN's weekly Xbox show, our final episode of 2023. It is December 20th as we record this. It'll be the 21st as it releases. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, as always here, completing my, I don't even know how many years of this podcast, (laughs) but a lot. And I'm joined uh, by my fellow Podcast Unlocked veterans, First of all, Stella Chung, always good to see you. Hi, I would show you my sweater right now, but I have a cat. Uh, But as you can tell by the the untitled paint, it is an old MS Paint sweater, ugly sweater. And I'm very happy. I was like, hey, last episode of the year. May as well, like, you know, festive it up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We got to look at it uh, when the cat wasn't in your lap before we started shooting. There's a nice little Windows 3.1 start button down there. Now, can we see the cat? Because the cat's a good boy. Yes, he is a good boy. Hello, you're going to be so mad at me. Yeah, this is Swanson. Yeah, and, um, he got he, some good news on him this week. I was yeah. so happy to see him. He was diagnosed with cancer, but it is not currently a grave prognosis, which is great. And he starts uh, treatment next year. My poor baby. <laughs> well, 2024 is going to be the year where Swanson Swanson bounces back to, yes. uh, to 100%. Destin Legary down in Los Angeles. How are you, my friend? Bam. Hey, everybody. Good to see you. Good to see you as well. Uh, Let's do this one more time, shall we, before we take one week off and then we'll be back to start 2024 with you. We'll do it all over again for what should be a good year for Xbox. But this week, uh, we're going to look back on some of our favorite Xbox moments of 2023. Uh, But first, a quick Humble Bundle promo for you. I've been mentioning this the last couple of weeks. Throughout the holiday season, our friends at HumbleBundle.com have been running different themed promotions where you can get some great games for uh, not a lot of money, and that money that you do pay is going to go to a good cause. Looking on at my handy cheat sheet here, looks like as we record the last one, because these, these are only up for 48 hours apiece. So today only, this last one, is the uh, Happy Holidays with Good Old Games RPGs. 
with Tymesia and Darksiders 3 Deluxe. So again, check that out, humblebundle.com. Uh, do need to start, unfortunately, with a uh, extremely shocking, uh, uh, had no idea this was even uh, even a thing, unfortunately, and, and some just terrible news broke in the, in the gaming world this week. That's why the screen behind me is what it is. Max Payne's voice actor, uh, James McCaffrey, no relation, but I always just got a kick out of the fact that there was another McCaffrey uh, in the video game industry. And, and I've, I just, separate from that, have always loved James's work. He has passed away at age 65. Uh, TMZ was the first to break that. TMZ published a statement from a rep revealing that McCaffrey had passed away last Sunday, December 17th, surrounded by friends and family after a battle with bone marrow cancer. Of course, James McCaffrey, which is uh, obviously by pure coincidence, the name of my dad, my dad is, is James McCaffrey. So I would always over the years jokingly refer to the voice actor, James McCaffrey, oh. as my dad. Um, but he, of course, played Max Payne. That's Max Payne 3 behind me, uh, which I'm, I'm now in a mood to replay. I did start to replay the first two Max Paynes when this news broke earlier this week. So that's certainly his most prominent video game role, but our friends at Remedy have been utilizing him through in most of their games since. So he was Alex Casey in Alan Wake 2, which I'm still playing through right now. So he's just, he's on, I'm hearing him on my Xbox uh, right now. Uh, he also was in control as well. So um, yeah, Sam Lake, the, the studio head, of course, the, at, at Remedy, the boss man there, who's known him for a very, very, very long time, posted, we are deeply saddened to hear about the passing of our beloved friend and collaborator, James McCaffrey, the iconic voice of Max Payne and Alex Casey. His remarkable talent gave life to our characters and left an enduring impact on our community. Our hearts go out to his family. Um, just, Destin, have you, have you, which of the games that he's been in have you played, if, if any of them? Well, I mean, I played I played Max Payne one and two, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh, familiar with him. It's always unfortunate when we lose somebody too young. Yeah, sixty five, uh, far too young. Stella, I I'm gonna guess since uh, since they're just super old games <laughs> that you probably have not played Max Payne at least one and two. Would that, would I have be... not, no. But I feel like this is a good time to go and try and play the latest one um, or the last one that came out, but. Also, I mean, Alan Wake 2, I do plan on playing that at some point. So, um, yeah, because you told me that it's pretty good for newcomers. Um, so, yeah, I can at least experience his voice acting that way. And um, what will prove to be a, a, an, an honorable or just a, a great way to memorialize him uh, from Remedy is the Max Payne 1 and 2 remakes that, that we know are underway now at Remedy. So. Um, Presumably, the, I mean, if they well, presumably are going to use all the old VO that, that was already done, unless maybe he's already re-recorded. I, I, I'm not, obviously, Remedy's not talking about that project quite yet, but um, that will be those remakes and, and the first two games coming back here in a few years, whenever Remedy is done with, with those remakes, that'll be, I'm sure they'll be dedicated directly to him very prominently in the game. And uh, that'll be, that'll be a good way to, to keep to preserve his memory for future gaming generations with the Max Payne one and two remake. So uh, rest in peace to to James McCaffrey and and his his family is 
yeah, 65, as Destin said, just, just far too young. Uh, the rest of the news this week is, is back to cheery good stuff, but I certainly did not want to let that pass without, without mentioning um, James there. So let's, there's no way to pivot from that. So we'll just, we'll just go straight to the next thing. And I know you guys probably don't want to talk about the Activision Blizzard thing anymore, but <laughs> there is another bit of news there. And it is uh, something we've been expecting to happen for a while. And it, it has now happened. Bobby Kotick, the CEO of Activision for the past 32 years, one of the foremost C-suite villains in the game industry, at least as far as a lot of gamers are concerned, is out. He is stepping aside as of the end of next week, December 29th. Destin, do you want to do the honors and tell us about mm -hmm. this? Well, I mean, I, I just read it this morning and this kind of happened not that long ago. But uh, Bobby Kotick is out. He wrote a long letter on the Activision blog about his departure. In addition to Bobby Kotick leaving, Lulu Chang Maservi is leaving. She was the executive vice president of corporate affairs and chief communications officer uh, at the end of January. Uh, Humam, I'm going to get this name wrong. I'll just say Humam, the vice president of Blizzard and King, is also departing at the end of December. And... That's all with Bobby's impending departure. And then it says, we are taking the next step in aligning Activision Blizzard with Microsoft Gaming by making the following organizational changes. Thomas, the vice chairman of Activision Blizzard. Rob Kostick, the president of Activision Publishing. Mikey Barra, president of Blizzard Entertainment. And, oh my goodness, Mr. Summerstad, the president of King, uh, will report to Matt Booty president of game content and studios. The leadership teams for Activision Publishing, Blizzard and King will remain in place with no changes to the structure of how the studios and businesses units are run. All this broke, so I didn't get time to prepare on the name pronunciation. I apologize if I got any of those wrong. No, no but, worries. Um, yeah, lots of, lots of changes over at Activision Blizzard. Yeah, so what, what you just read was an excerpt from Phil Spencer's internal memo to the Microsoft team, to the Xbox team about it. Uh, Stella, this is the departure of Kodak is, is that big first domino to fall in, in mm -hmm. what we've talked about over and over again of that badly needed culture change at Activision. So how, how do you feel about Kodak being actually gone now? Hi, Felicia. Perfect. It's perfect timing for Christmas. I'm super happy. Um, I know that uh, Activision Blizzard also settled that lawsuit with their uh, gender discrimination lawsuit that they were battling also. And I mean, listen, here's the thing. I, I know that they're paying out a lot for reparations and stuff, but that doesn't help. That, that, that doesn't that doesn't have you taking responsibility for the things that you did. It, it, there was no like apology. There's nothing like that. So I'm like, you know what? This is perfect timing. This is great. This is really what we needed. So I'm very happy about that. And I do know that Phil Spencer, when I did talk to him at Gamescom, he was very concerned with safety, um, keeping things as inclusive and as open and welcoming as possible at Xbox. So it does make me feel very glad to see this um before the end of the year because we weren't really sure what was going to happen going into 2024 so seeing this happen you know i know it's december 29th but i'm like hey that's awesome that's a lot sooner than i expected to hear about this yeah so clean slate for for microsoft heading into 2024 um 
Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens from here in terms of nothing overnight is going to happen, right? I mean, Kodak's gone overnight, but the the cult the workplace culture can't be com- you know dramatically and completely fixed and and improved overnight. But yeah, here's hoping this is the key first step to everybody at Activision Blizzard King feeling more welcome, uh, more appreciated, and uh, just and have it have it just be a better workplace environment for everybody there. So uh, yeah, Phil, Bill Spencer, if you're listening at the dog park, we are counting on you to uh, to, to transform this this company from a culture perspective because it's it's what the industry needs, it's what the people that work there deserve. But yeah, as you as you said, Stella, kind of a nice Christmas present for <laughs> for the Xbox community to see to see this uh, this this. As you could say, he's Kodak's been like a like a final boss of, of yeah. the industry for in a ways. Uh, got him blinking red with the with the uh, proposed buyout, and then once the buyout went through, and now he has he has been toppled. So um, he, of course, will will be eating off of gold or maybe platinum plates and and silverware for the rest of his life. So he's going to be just fine. But uh, the the bigger point is hopefully the people at Activision Blizzard are going to be much more fine uh, in in their workplace here on out. Let's get to some happier stuff. Not that that wasn't happy. We're, you know, we're we're not sad to see Kodak go. We know it's coming. Yeah. the (laughs) Yeah. The headline topic for this week we thought we would look back. This is our last chance to look back before we get into 2024 and really start uh, looking to the new year ahead. But we made a list of our favorite Xbox moments of 2023. And just for fun, I put them in chronological order so we can, we can work through the year. Uh, Destin, I'll start with you here if you want to take that first one and, and share some memories of this first one for you. Yeah, well, the first one was the surprise drop of Hi-Fi Rush, which was shadow drop during the Xbox Developer Direct back in January. I'm hoping that we get another one of those. Not the, well, shadow drop's always great, but a Developer Direct in January would be really cool also. I like those events. All the Xbox events are really fun. What do you think, Destin, would be the realistic games that might show up in a Developer Direct if indeed we get one in, in the first month or two of 2024? Well, I think the 2024 games, so like Hellblade 2, they, they already do a ton of behind-the-scenes stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if we heard a little bit more from Ninja Theory. I think, in addition, Avowed, which is confirmed yeah. for 2024, or at least that's what they've said publicly at Xbox. So those two off the top of my head would make a lot of sense as 2024 developer direct games. I'd say, uh, can I add maybe Microsoft Flight Simulator 2024 to that yeah. list as well? That that would probably oh. be a, a strong candidate to show up at a developer direct. It's a game, you know, it's been announced. We know it's coming, but we haven't really seen or heard much about it yet. I think it just got announced at the showcase and nothing since, if I remember correctly, unless it got announced at Gamescom. It got announced wherever it got announced. We haven't really heard from it since. So, yeah, that one, that one seems seems like a good one. I think Flight Simulator, people forget like how cool that game actually is. It's a full-on 
like recreation of planet earth <laughs> yeah so yeah it's it's really really impressive and the fact that they've been continuing to add to it throughout the years is is great people like don't think of it like a game because it's a sim but it's like okay yeah how come racing game racing games get that recognition but for some reason flight sims have a little bit of a different I don't know, feel to them within the gaming community. I, I that's the vibe I get anyway. Yeah, they're I think it's fair to say they're they're kind of they thought of and even even kind of treated a little differently, right? Like, yeah. like you said, they're they're not really treated as real games, quote unquote. Yeah. It's in a lot not by everybody, but but by and large, I think it is probably fair to say that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah which this, is a little odd. This isn't my kind of game, so I don't play it, but I heard that um don't they even keep up to date with like storms that are happening in real life? Like you can yeah. Uh, which oh, yeah. is, I, that's in the base game. Like that's not even a mod. No, the way it works is it actually utilizes real weather maps from the earth. So that's if there's a so hurricane cool. happening, I, I did that video. With yeah, the I remember that. And we flew into the hurricane at the time just to see what it would be like. And yeah, it's, it's some really incredible technology. Was your plane game. ripped apart in that video or what happened? <laughs> no, um, no, I think I, I think I missed the main uh storm but yeah you can just fly into it and turn on like super assists <laughs> so you don't <laughs> crash you know you know and what what do you what do you guys think of uh the, the one other one that comes to mind because the, the first developer direct was all internal studios and there's one other game that we're expecting on the sooner side that i feel like could be part of a developer direct and also would be really interesting to hear from them given the, certainly the circumstances of the development and that's stalker too. Like, you know, that's, yeah. that's a big exclusive, not, not first party, but I wonder if maybe Microsoft might include them in a, uh, in a developer direct to get an update on how that team is doing and, and certainly how the game is doing Stella. Yeah, that'd be great. I feel like it'd be about time for, for a nice update. I do remember. Uh, oh, Justin, you got to play it at uh, Gamescom. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to. But um, how did it, how did it feel again from the way that you uh, demoed it there? Yeah, I think my my reaction to it was I think there's a an interesting game there, but it did feel really early. I was pretty surprised that it was playable at Gamescom. There's a lot of polish that needs to be done to it still. So I would like to see how far they've come along. But if one game gets delayed, it should be it should be Stalker just because of the the human element and what the development studio has been going through. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's my two cents on it. I, I'm very excited to play it, but that's one where I don't mind waiting. The thing the thing about Microsoft, we just talked about at top of the show, but we have to include Activision in that list of hey, that's true. Activision <laughs> in that list of the company game portfolios game list mm -hmm. <laughs> i don't know what to call it but yeah anything activision blizzard is now included and could be part of a developer direct i do wonder if a bethesda thing would be separate sort of like they did with starfield i think microsoft's still gonna be figuring that out for a few years yeah good that's a good reminder that that they might purposely want to include some one of the Activision Blizzard King Studios in the next developer direct just to say, hey, remember, we bought this, remember? <laughs> I just can't think of, you know, because to date, that it, basically all of the Activision side of the business has been focused on pitching in to get Call of Duty out every year. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there might be like a big Warzone update that they might want to feature in a 
as like tease as part of a developer direct because outside of that i mean diablo 4 there's seasonal content but then the actual first expansion that got announced isn't due out till late 2024 so that seems maybe a little unlikely well no i i would actually argue that diablo 4 would be more likely because diablo 4 was revealed as part of one of the xbox showcases remember they had that big gameplay demo on xbox series x at the time so I, I think uh first look at the first big expansion would make sense at a developer direct. And uh there was one other one that I, I thought might work. But like there's that BlizzCon, so there's a bunch of content for World of Warcraft and that's stuff true. down the down the yeah, that's right. Yeah. On the pipeline. They have a huge content library. The announcements from the game awards. Yeah. There's a lot they could talk about at a dev direct. Is there anything going on, Stella, with Overwatch too, or have they like murdered that game by this point <laughs> i don't hear anybody uh, ever talk about overwatch anymore yeah i mean for good reason but like so it's it there was i mean there was like a nothing statement but there is talk um from jared noose about how they're going to change the monetization model which has been a huge criticism um he wants to try and he says that they're looking into and currently working on making sure that everyone can play the newest hero whenever they drop, because currently the only way to do it immediately is to buy the $10 premium battle pass. Mm. Uh, otherwise, you have to level up to level 45 in the battle pass to get the character for free, which obviously, you know, um, this is this is a criticism I have about a, live, a lot of live service games that have that sort of uh, pay to unlock this thing early. Uh, situation where a lot of the things that come out in the seasonal battle passes are often very overpowered because they want people to play them and have them immediately right and be like oh well we want people we want to ensure that people are going to play this new thing so that we know there's a success rate so then they kind of amp it up the latest hero uh Malga, i think i pronounced that right um he's also very op uh this is something that call of duty and apex also have problems with you know they kind of I know with Apex aside, they said we would rather release something that's OP and then dial it down after just so that they know that people will try and play it, you know? So it's one of those things of like, it's definitely a problem. So once they fix that, I feel like a lot of people will be a little bit happier with Overwatch 2. But yeah, that's that's the current update on that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, so yeah, all right. There's, there's definitely plenty of ammo for Microsoft to do another developer direct. We'll see if we get an announcement of one right after we get going in the new year. Favorite Xbox moment of 2023, number two, again, proceeding through chronologically. Stella, you were a part of this one, uh, and you were you were sort of uh, new to this, and I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I'll throw to you for this one, because this was definitely one of my favorites, too. Yeah, the Diablo 4 beta test weekend, which I, yeah, you're right. I didn't think I was into games like this. I tried Path of Exile once, and I was like, oh my god, this is too much. But Diablo 4 was definitely more straight to the point. It was way easier for me to learn, and I leveled to max level immediately which was kind of wild to me um but yeah also i know i see your note that the servers actually worked and they did which is great <laughs> it's yeah kind of unheard it, of the, the i mean the the as soon as that first weekend started i remember i i think i had there was like a little bit of a hiccup trying to you know it took a little while to get in but after that it was pretty smooth sailing and the, by the time the second beta weekend rolled around smooth sailing by the time the server slam happened closer to launch mm. that seemed to squash out any last bit of connectivity issue and and then when it launched yeah it was 
I mean, we we did not have a repeat of uh, Error 30. What was it from Diablo 3? Error 37? <laughs> I don't know. I, for, I don't that remember. Right. 30 something. I remember it was the, the connection error for when Diablo 3 had, had a pretty memorable, memorably disastrous online connectivity launch. Um, but yeah, boy, that that might have been. That's one of my two favorite gaming weekends of the year. We'll get to the other one in a few minutes, but uh, yeah, just sinking into my couch, which is right over here, and pretty much not getting up, <laughs> just doing nothing, <laughs> nothing but playing Diablo Four. That that in, they gave us that entire first act that weekend, and then coming back to work on Monday and talking to all of you guys and all the other IGN crew mm-hmm. about about how they played it and what they thought and what they did. That was a great. Great weekend, great Xbox memory from 2023. Uh, third one, at least for me, I, I'm definitely putting this on my list, list, was we fast forward to June now, we get to the middle of the year, and the highlight for me of the Xbox Summer Showcase in June was that Fable gameplay trailer. That was so cool. I, I've been putting so much hope and faith in playground and in that game like uh, of all the games that are announced that we know about in the in the portfolio i want them all to be great and i want them all to do well but fable's the one that above all the others that i want to be that i really really want to be amazing because i miss fable i love the originals particularly fable 2 and so uh, we've known for a long time that Playground Games, the developer of Forza Horizon, is is handed the keys to the Fable reboot, and we haven't really seen it, or at least we hadn't in any way, shape, or form in any sort of real way. We had a pure CG t- teaser from two or three years ago, but this year at the Summer Showcase, we got, if you're watching us on video, the trailer you're watching now, this in-engine gameplay trailer uh, which which revealed this whole crazy Jack and the Beanstalk angle to it, which is a totally different take than than the original uh, version of Fable and the original sort of universe. And Destin, you are our resident tech enthusiast, shall we say, in terms sure. of uh, in terms of you know game engines and and what games are doing from a technical visual perspective. This is Forza Tech. This is the Forza engine at work, Destin. It's doing stuff we've never seen it do before. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about it, really. You put me <laughs> on the spot like that, but uh, I was certainly blown away by what was on display. I'm excited to play it. I think the humor is perfect. Like, they're really hitting that tone that Fable is known for. I, I, I'm excited to see how it'll work when we select our character how that's going to work with the protagonist because in the past you could like be good and evil and yes you had all these customization options with your character so i i am curious about how the magic elements are going to work and i'm just excited to see more they have a lot of my favorite comedians working on it <laughs> so yeah very very stoked about this one stella where's your hype level for the new fable based on this gameplay teaser we got in june I mean, I've always wanted to play Fable. I tried to get into the older ones, but the mechanics definitely kind of put me off of it. So I'm very excited to play this. And I've said this before, but also rewatching that trailer on video here, I was like, oh yeah, the humor was kind of funny. It was it, it gave me very like Parks and Rec vibes with some of the cut 
with the, with these cutscenes, and I'm like, I hope they keep that humor in the game because it's very funny. And I think it would just be really cool to have a fantasy game where you have cutaways like that. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited. I'm I'm so curious to what Fable in modern times is going or a modernized Fable is going to be because I didn't really get to play the previous ones, but I know that there was a lot of different things you could do, like a lot. So I'm very I'm very excited. Yeah, a lot of uh, lot as Destin noted earlier good and bad choices you could absolutely become evil and it would physically change the appearance of your character in fable 2 you had a dog which was the one of the signature features of the second game i hope they retain that although in the gameplay snippet there was that there's that one little bit of what looks like actual real game like you know mm -hmm. just with the hud turned off gameplay where she's throwing the fireball yeah, um, yeah. and there's there's no there's no pet in sight there so uh and there's no sign of a pet anywhere in this so i i wonder if they're not gonna go there for this one and maybe look at it for the sequel or just the pets just won't fit the vision that playground has for this but as i've said a, a thousand times on this podcast before playground games has not only never missed i think their worst game is is like at least an eight out of 10, maybe a nine out of 10. And that game was the original Forza Horizon, their first game, oh. which was set in fictional Colorado. Like it, that was a great game. And the, the their games have only gotten better and better and better to the point where Horizon 5 won IGN's 2021 Game of the Year award. And um, I think the last couple Horizons have gotten tens. Um, yeah, I think, Four and five did. I don't remember if three did. I'd have to go look it up. But in any case, uh, it gives me so much confidence in in what they're going to do with Fable, and I can't wait. I don't know if we'll see much or hear much from it this year, because it seems like that game's still relatively early in development, but um, it was definitely a memorable moment for me in 2023. This week's Podcast Unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine. 
erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Justin, how about uh, the weekend, that last weekend of August, as we went into September, that we'd all been waiting so long for, that first weekend of Starfield? Yeah, uh, I wasn't around for the first weekend of Starfield, actually. Oh, that's right. We were, yeah. Yeah, we were in Germany. So oh, that's great. It, yeah, you guys were gone. Okay. Yeah, so I had it on a laptop while I was in Germany so that I could play it while I was out. Yeah. And uh, well, yeah, that's so a cool I, memory, though, right? For you, that's like where you first spent time mm-hmm. with it was in Germany. That's neat. I think I got code the day before we went to Germany. So I played like a little bit on my desktop. Yeah. Right. Because we, we had early access to do coverage of the game. So right. I, I played a little bit there. And then when I was uh, out, I was playing on the, <laughs> my laptop and uh it ran so i was i was impressed the laptop held up and getting getting to do that and you know let one of my co co-workers like play for a little bit because they were super curious and just got a feel for it uh yeah definitely definitely fun fun memories yeah i mean we gathered around and watched you play because we were like oh what's that oh that's what that looks like oh interesting instead mm-hmm. of prepping for gamescom the day before we were all just watching him play yeah <laughs> well that's but you're you're exactly hitting on on what that weekend was stella which was it that was the biggest water cooler moment for xbox yeah. I would argue, <laughs> in a long time where it's just everybody you had you had to be there, you had to participate, you had to be part of the conversation. We haven't, unfortunately, we just haven't had a lot of those moments with Xbox where it's been, you know, everybody is playing, everybody's psyched for it. It's been too long. So it that was that was a really great weekend where just like the entire gaming world was focused on like Starfield was the talk of the town, and everybody was playing it that first weekend. And, you know, I I told the story on whatever that podcast was that we were allowed to start talking about it right after that where i had started just down the main quest and then i i literally i just accidentally clicked in my right stick while i was while i was making conversation choices and and meleeed a bartender and the (laughs) police came and arrested me and then they you know it was it was sis def they wanted me to they wanted me to come be a double agent for them in, in the Crimson Fleet. And I went and it sent me down <laughs> that phenomenal side quest line of the, the Crimson Fleet. So yeah, yeah. That, was, that was just a, again, I'm, I'm so excited for more of those kinds of everybody's got to be there water cooler moments happening with Xbox as time goes on. Uh, and Starfield, that was a big one that first weekend. Yeah, I was okay with the Crimson Fleet, like, asking me to be on their side, but they didn't return my plushie, so I had to reload. <laughs> you stole most of those anyway. I, I stole them, and they, they only took the contraband, but then they also took the stuff that was stolen. And I was like, oh, maybe there's a locker or something I can go grab them out of. No! So I was like, okay, well, great. I have to reload now and figure out what to do here. So, yeah, I was getting my dog space dog plushie back. It's, you know, priorities, right? You got yeah, exactly. to prioritize. <laughs> I'll double agent for you, but 
the pay if it if it's plushy pay down <laughs> yeah yeah you're in uh destin you you've been ign's champion of uh of of closely tracking the entire activision blizzard saga so october is where we fast forward to now uh with the when the activision blizzard deal finally went through when the cma signed off after there was you know the revision with the the cloud stuff being sold off to activate excuse me sold off to ubisoft uh does this count as a favorite moment of the year in october or more of like the biggest relief moment of of 2023 Uh, that it was finally over for me it was there were a lot of twists and turns if you follow it all the way from the beginning I, i i think this specific moment we definitely have to give props to Kat and Rebecca Valentine for their amazing coverage on IGN for the the closing arguments and as it was getting near the end there. Uh, I followed it for very closely since the Brazil documents came out. And that was a year and change ago uh, before closure. So um, getting to see that when the CMA blocked it and then the CMA went back on them blocking it like that, like never happened. So there was a lot of drama with this case and to, to see it finally come to a conclusion. It's still ongoing, by the way, the FTC is still filing an appeal where this might end up in, in another court proceeding, but they closed, they've announced the departures of Kodak and Lulu and a bunch of people now so i have to imagine they're feeling pretty good about whatever happens with the ftc at this point but uh yeah it's, it was definitely a big moment for xbox and for gaming history so i would definitely put it up there yeah stella will you will you uh remember the moment of relief uh, when you think about xbox in 2023 oh my god <laughs> yeah the amount of time the amount of times that we were like well we should talk about this but Man, figure it yeah. out. <laughs> so I'm I'm very glad for that, and um, looks like a lot of people are happy about it as well. So very, I mean, it's it's an exciting time for gamers, and um, yeah, I'm glad that we it, this is the last that we're going to talk about it. You know, <laughs> yeah, at least from a regulatory, you know, merger approval, yeah. acquisition approval perspective. And now, you know, we'll get to start thinking about all right. Well, when when are we going to start seeing new game announcements from the Activision? Blizzard Studios. You know, we've talked already about stuff we want to see, like the Hexen revival that I'd love to see, and um, the uh, the Crash. No, not sorry, not Crash Bandicoot. Banjo Kazooie, maybe from Toys for Bob, could be a cool fit there. So, um, you know, all these teams are only they're only just going to be potentially starting on new projects now that that Phil Spencer's in charge and. Microsoft's driving the bus and and they don't they're not necessarily stuck doing Call of Duty support work or or whatever it is Activision had them doing that seemed to be more or less behind the scenes. So yeah, 2024, we it might be quiet from from most, if not all, the the newly acquired Activision Blizzard Studios, but they're definitely gonna be starting on new stuff. Finally, the sixth moment uh, on our list here for most memorable memorable moments of 2023. Still, I'll go to you because Xbox fans have been wanting, we've been wanting our Spider-Man. Like, you know, please, <laughs> we've been wanting our Spider-Man for a while. Uh, and, well, Spider-Man's known for being bitten by a dangerous creature 
Uh, Xbox instead got the hero who is the dangerous creature that does the biting. Yes. And uh, yeah, Marvel's Blade being announced. I mean, I'm glad you threw this to me because I'm very excited for that game. Like, so I watched Blade kind of recently over the last few years and I was like, wait, what? This is awesome. Like, I mean, it's it's very campy, but I love it. This is awesome. So I'm super happy. Also, I love the studio that's doing this. And I, like again, like I kept saying, if you haven't played Deathloop, please play it. And um, I actually read the comments the uh, from the last episode where I, I was like, hey, what if Arcane ties this into their other their their universe or could, that could be super cool. And I did see um, a few people being like, oh, wait, yeah, Stella could be onto something that could be really interesting. You know, even if it's like a little nod, I think it'd be yeah. really cool um, because in Deathloop, they did confirm it's in the same universe, same timeline. And it's so cool. And I love stuff like that. So I'm very excited. This looks I love the style of this. I'm super excited. Um, I've in all the years of after having seen Blade, I never thought of a video game in in recent years that could work with him and i was like wait this could work this could be super cool yeah i'm glad you all are doing this destin uh did you have would you have ever guessed the 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 matchup of arcane with blade it's it's a really interesting matchup never i never would have <laughs> guessed arcane and blade i i thought it would just be dishonored three but when you start thinking about <laughs> what they've created and how that character could play into their game mechanics it's really really exciting just like just looking at what people have managed to figure out with Deathloop, i can't wait to see them do speed runs like that as blade so from a gameplay perspective i'm very excited about the potential and possibilities here yeah me too uh, and and likewise i i would never have guessed this matchup because but when i think about it it it's definitely going to be interesting because Arcane stuff, you know, like Dishonored, Deathloop, it's, it's all about emergent gameplay, right? Like you can approach a situation in any number of different ways, stealth, you know, going loud, um, you know, just approaching it from a different, different bits of the environment, different directions. And, so, you know, I, I will be all about stealth playthrough with blade where i just want to yeah and i know <laughs> nope. Stella's like no we're gonna go loud we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna uh go full full wesley snipes blade right in there right up in their yeah. faces Take i'm an out. immortal being that what i oh <laughs> ooh, if i bite someone i better be able to get some health back that'd be awesome oh, i would think so <laughs> yeah i'd be shocked if that didn't happen but yeah there there are going to be some really interesting possibilities with this um you got to figure so Deathloop was 2021, I think. So this should was be it? oh my god, no way. Four years into this, <gasps> I'll double check. But I'm checking. Uh, it was 2021, September yeah. 14th. Yeah, late 21. No way. So, so two, they're two years in, which means you know it's probably going to be at least two more years minimum before uh, Marvel's Blade is released for Xbox. But um, yeah, it's going to be interesting whenever whenever it does roll around. That's going to be fun. So there you go. Those were our six that we came up with, our, our six most memorable Xbox moments of the year. I look forward to the comments on this episode because I'm going to guess people are going to add theirs uh, to, to the six that we gave. Let's I have see one here. that's yeah, not go ahead, like, I have one that's not necessarily like, um, I don't know, it, it's not like an overall universal one, but for me, uh, it was when we, you, me, Miranda, met up 
to do the Xbox hands-on of Redfall. I know how that game turned out, but it was really nice seeing everyone, seeing y'all in person and then also playing a game and then discussing it in person. So that's definitely one of my favorite moments this year. That, yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a good, definitely a good personal moment. Yeah, I remember walking back to the parking garage and we were we were we were discussing afterwards and, and yeah. kind of <laughs> writing notes as we do. I'm like, well, what did you think? How did you play it? Uh, yeah, and and sadly, uh, the the Redfall story would not end well. Yeah. But yes, that that was uh, that was fun to go to a, a preview event together in Meat Space in real life. I know and, and it was. Like, I was like, this notes. feels illegal, but I like this. This is great. <laughs> Uh, well, hopefully, you know, we should hopefully get the the chance to do that in uh, in 2024. Whether it's you know between Hellblade Two, uh, Avowed, you know, there's there's plenty on the Xbox. Uh, Stalker Two, like I was mentioning mm-hmm. earlier, there's, there's there'll be plenty of chances for us to get together and play some Xbox games and trade notes again. Alrighty, next up this week we've got yeah we've got a little bit more time here. I thought this was of note. Former Mass Effect writer Mac Walters has departed Bioware and talked about it. He'd been there 19 years. So there were several factors contributing to his decision to go. It's completely amicable, no bad blood. Uh, This was in an interview with our friends at MinMax. Walter cited his long tenure at Bioware, a feeling of full circle fulfillment thanks to the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, having the opportunity to work on a small team again, and a desire to work on something new as his reasons for leaving. He says, quote, It was really just time for me. After 19 years, it just felt like this was the moment. There wasn't a significant triggering event or anything I needed to discuss. So I said, let's just part ways amicably. And you'll continue to do your thing, and I'll go do my thing and figure that out. Uh, Games usually have years of planning. Oh, this is not him talking, but... uh, So I thought this part was interesting. EA asked Bioware to do the Legendary Edition. It was not Bioware pitching it. This was EA came to them as as the corporate mothership and said, hey, could you guys do this? So I thought that was that was kind of a neat little side thing here. And in response, Max said, all of a sudden we've got this project that's unplanned. What do we do with it, right? So the way to make that successful was really for me to be a little bit rogue and a little bit entrepreneurial in how we were gonna build this out with the people we had and the people we could get without disrupting the other teams in the meantime. He's referring, of course, to the Dragon Age, uh, Dreadwolf, and Mass Effect 5 teams. I got to interview Mac right around the time this was coming out, and we got some exclusive footage, and we looked at the... I, I went and captured the original game, and they talked about how some of the locations had walls that were removed because, you know, they don't need them anymore given modern hardware because they were put there to help with keep the frame rate up right yeah keep the frame rate up and make sure that you weren't loading too much of the environment at once so uh yeah i actually hadn't known mac had left until i read this so (laughs) i was like oh mac left too okay so mac's gone casey's gone the the writer for dragon age is gone uh yeah really really interesting stuff and i'm glad a lot of those people have gone on to make their own studios yeah this i I would have to think, I mean, clearly the writing is not all done yet on Mass Effect 5, but I would imagine the framework of the story is probably already in place. Would you, you feel like that's probably the case? 
Yeah, they brought back Drew for Anthem for like a month or something, <laughs> and then he bounced. So I don't know if he, I don't know if during that time he he utilized his time there to contribute to this in some respect, but or sorry, Mass Effect Five in some respect, but uh, potentially. I, I agree. They they probably know exactly where they're going with at least that that game story. Yeah, and then I can't be... imagine they don't have already like a skeletal framework of everything, at least like the major beats that they want to hit for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but certainly the the devils in the details, right? Like you're they're going to need good writers who are already there, and or if they're going to bring in some additional folks to to write great dialogue and to get us from the you know to each of those big you know pivotal skeletal points of the story that, that you're talking about, Stella. So. We'll see what happens. I, you know, the the example I always point to, because it's the most successful example that comes to mind, is Doom, Doom twenty sixteen. When you had this complete, you know, new blood, new group of developers, Saved by the Bell, the new class comes in and uh, and did a great job with with and Doom is in awesome hands now, and it's it's as you know, Doom twenty sixteen, Doom Eternal, they they stand alongside the original Doom, Doom two, Doom three. In a, in a you know not saying they're better but they're they're right there they're they're very great games that that deserve to be they deserve to be doom games and my hope is that mass effect 5 whatever it ends up being called um ends up we can say the same thing about it that it stands there you know at up there with the, the mass effect trilogy in fact destin you're reminding me you're, you're talking about the ending of three and obviously we don't we don't need to drag dredge that <laughs> conversation up again but it, you you are reminding me that aside from the choose your color ending the run-up to that ending i remember loving where you're just you're like you're sort of studiously going through like the the way that the story guided you to kind of say goodbye to all the major characters along the mm -hmm. way i i have a great memory of that that was an awesome way they did that i thought Every single thing I think is amazing up until that end point. And then after all the DLCs came out and everything, they actually added additional context to the ending, which I think went a long way for three and making three feel like complete after the fact. I, I think especially like the, the Leviathan DLC, I think I reviewed the Leviathan DLC, uh, really stuck with me because I felt like it answered a lot of the lingering questions about the Reapers and who yeah. they were as characters. There were some pretty big revelations in that one. Um, yeah. Uh, it was just really the, the, the color thing because it was like, did you pick red, mm. blue, or green? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then people were like comparing the different endings. And it's because it was marketed as though every little decision you, you made would have an impact at the end. And it wasn't until they added the additional ending later that it felt right for lack of a better term. Yeah. And Mass Effect 5 seems to be alluding to the fact that Destroy was the, the canon ending. So I was just, yeah, I was just going to ask, is there a consensus on which one is the canon ending? Well, actually, Destroy would have destroyed, like, Legion and everybody. So maybe that's not correct. I don't know. There was a little Easter egg for one of the endings where you see oh. Shepard, like, take a breath or something. Oh, yeah. I remember and, that. Uh, what? I think, I think oh, that was cool. the Destroy ending. Huh. But Wasn't since... he, like, at the bottom of some rubble pile or something? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Yeah. Or he it's or like she, the, depending on yeah. which. It's the chess plate. You played. Yeah. The chess plate with N7, and you see it go. <gasps> and I, yeah. I think that was the Destroy ending, but it's been so long. Don't quote me on that. Let me see. 
I, yeah, I, okay. So it seems that a, a lot of people are saying the destroy ending seems to be canon, but they're like, it can't be. Yeah, because the Geth are teased in the, in the new assets. So how are they around? Because they should all be gone. I can't yeah. remember what I chose first because I, I was a now very I renegade. One. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I have a. I... Oh, go sorry, ahead, go Stella. Ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, every time I try to play Mass Effect 1, I cannot get past like the intro, like the first few missions. I'm just like, man, this is just not catching me. But somehow when I started all those years back on Mass Effect 2, that gripped me immediately. I didn't even know the background story. The the intro. I'm surprised to hear you say that because the intro is yeah. all about getting your crew together, and it's then so you go weird. to the Citadel I, and like. I can't explain just, it. Yeah, I, I I might just have to just keep on going through it, but for some reason, starting on two, I was like, oh, this is great, this is awesome. Because I mean, I guess it kind of works as a starting point too. But going it's back of, into one, it's a lot of talking. I was just gonna say, sorry. Yeah. I think yeah, maybe yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, Ryan, go ahead. No, no, it's okay. I was just saying, you know, I, I had started when Legendary Edition came out, I got a good bit into one, but just and then in the, then other games, other new games that I hadn't played before came out. So I haven't gone back. But man, sometime between now and when Mass Effect 5 comes out, I want to go finish the go back through the Legendary Edition and do all three yeah. of them again. Uh, all right, we've just got another two minutes here. And Let's take the two minutes, not only to thank our listeners, we're going to do that in a second, but it's it's the end of the year, and we have an Unlock Block Trivia uh, Champion. Look was, at I know him. it was kind of a year with Moran yeah, having to miss what? most of the year and then Shut the up, show. And, <laughs> so it, it's, so it wasn't, not all the contestants were here the whole year, but yeah, okay. that being said. Excuses for everybody. <laughs> Destin, you have. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to make an acceptance of speech for your win. You you are the winner. Congratulations of the 2023 Unlock Block Trivia Challenge. And then I I'm going to play it. you off like Jeff Keeley. Yeah, <laughs> I get 30 seconds. I did it. Um, thank you, everybody, for all your support. No, for real. Without Unlocked, I mean, we don't have this silly trivia thing. So, as like the fourth time champion, I just want to say thank you to all the listeners and viewers and that's it that's it his cheeky yeah. smile oh my god <laughs> he loves this he loves this he loves winning this have i won oh, three it? or four i don't know you lose count after oh a while. my oh, god <laughs> look at you lebron like not one not two not three uh all right we gotta go we have 30 seconds before we're gonna sign off for the year here um stella i'll i'll give you a quick quick sh let you give a quick shout and then we'll we'll dip out um, yeah, well, nothing much here. Um, I am going to be posting more on Instagram than Twitter because I hate that place now. So uh, that is parallaxstella.official if you want to follow me and, oh, my journey to going competitive into powerlifting next year, like actually USA sanctioned. So yeah. Cool. Love it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I want to thank everybody who kindly listened to us all year long and watched us on YouTube. I want to thank our producer, Red, along with Miranda and Destin and Khalif and Stella, everybody who's who's helped make Unlock awesome this year. I had a great time doing the show. I'm so grateful to, that I've been able to get to host this thing for so long. And 2024 is going to be fun. So we'll see you then.
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.